today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Christian Bale on Hostiles, Batman, and the movie he regrets. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Hey, Sammy. Hi! What movie do you regret in your career, your illustrious career? Uh, probably... It could be one you've watched. What movie do you regret oh. sitting down to watch? Um, what movie do I regret sitting down to watch? Probably... What was one movie I really hated that everyone loved? Maybe Star Wars. Oh my god! I'm just kidding. I just did that for your pure reaction. You do have issues with Star. I Wars. I do have issues with Star Wars. I don't regret seeing that movie. Well, I regret seeing Bad Santa. The first Bad Santa? No, the second one. Oh yes, Bad yeah. Santa Two is a horrible. horrible I regret horrible the first movie. one's kind of good. No, the first one's great. Yeah, yeah. The second yeah. one was like I remember being like I regret. This. Okay, good answer. Good answer. Yeah, Yay, Sammy. Theme well too. done. Yeah, good yeah. job. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> um. So the guest today, Sammy. It's it's Christian Bale. I can't believe it. Why? Do you think he made an error in agreeing to be on Happy yeah, Second? <laughs> I do. Honestly, I do. I don't think he knew what he was getting himself into. You think into. he's above it? Yeah, I do. Well, I will say he knew what he was getting into because... Well, yeah, tell everyone what he said to you. First thing Christian said when I saw Christian. him... Christian. That's what he called what he, Mr. Thing, Bale. First <laughs> Okay. Uh, Did wh- you call him Christian? Yes. Like you said, hey, Christian, how's it going? Actually, I think, you know, my default is, hey, man. Yeah. Sup? <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, no, the first thing he said to me was he apologized because his, his knee isn't doing so well. So he apologized. That would mean he would not be able to jump for the Happy Second Views photos. Further context, years ago, Christian was actually one of the early Happy Second Fused photo victims. <laughs> and he, he jumped for Happy. And this has been a great source of pride and a very useful thing for me in the in the years since that photo. Because especially in the first like year of doing those silly photos, um, I would often when when I was gonna do one with a celebrity that I didn't really know well and I had to like explain the concept, I would pull up the Christian Bale photo, figuring yeah. if you see Christian Bale willing to make a fool of himself for me. Right. Like, he's not just posing. He went into character. Yeah, he went for it. So I've always respected Christian, not for his work, but for the fact that he jumped for me. Yes. Um, yes, the work, too. He's an amazing actor. I don't need to tell you that. He's the best. He's What's your the best. favorite Christian Bale movie? Oh. One. You have to pick one. You can't name the trilogy. You can't. You have to name one movie. The one with the dragons, Reign of Fire? No, I do like that one. No, I, I guess I would go with Dark Knight then. Mm-hmm. I mean, Incorrect. Th- okay, what's the correct answer? Oh, you were going to... There's know. only one correct answer. Oh, go ahead. The Prestige. Me. I love The Prestige. I love The Prestige. Yes, and that is the, our favorite. There's too many. Look, there's a, there's a Christian Bale movie for every mood. There's American Psycho. There's there's the Dark Knight trilogy. There's um, the, the no. There's the Machinist to watch him yes. go all hardcore Christian Bale on you. Yeah, I love. He's so hot. Now. <laughs> Again, wrong answer. Yeah. Very much the wrong answer. Um, so his new movie, I should mention, is called Hostiles. It is a western, reteaming him with filmmaker Scott Cooper. They made a movie um, that was. Uh, it didn't get like a, I think a huge response. It was well reviewed, but it was a movie called Out of the Furnace a few years back. Um, they clearly get along very well. Scott Cooper. Also did Black Mass and Crazy Heart. Really, um, actors love working with him, and he, he's uh, you know somebody that that really draws out very great performances. And this one, this this western, is a pretty brutal one. It's uh, it stars Christian Bale alongside um, Wes Studi, Rosamund Pike's in it, um, and it's uh, it's basically about a an officer who has to kind of uh, transport um, a Cheyenne um, uh, chief 
played by Wes Studi, to a, a burial ground, and it kind of brings up conflicting emotions. He obviously doesn't have a lot of love for the Cheyenne people, um, considering the, the things they've done to his comrades in arms. But you know, it's 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 a it's a story that not about you know black hats and white hats. It's it's shades of gray, as the best westerns are. And uh, Christian, as always, delivers a fantastic performance. So you should definitely check out Hostiles now playing at a theater near you. Not a comedy. No. Not a Christian Bale comedy. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> but, um, but, Isn't yeah. um, someone else in it? The Who sweetheart of 2017? Isn't the, Timothy Chalamet in it? Yes, Timothy Chalamet yeah. is in it. It's a small oh God, part. I just got really scared. No, I was no, like, I'm right. going to sound so stupid. Timothy Chalamet is in it. By the way, did I tell you I saw Timothy over the weekend? You didn't. I did. I did Where? a little Q&A oh, with Timothy. Oh, I thought Timothy. like on the street. No, I have run into him on the street though too. Uh, I, I did a Q&A with uh, Timothy um, for uh, Call Me By Your Name, of course. And I have to say, just okay, a little tangent since we brought Tangers? up Timothy. Yeah, my fault. Timmy. Now, that, uh, now I know I can call him that. I feel like uh, we're at that stage. Um, <laughs> He, uh, first of all, I, I still adore him. He's great. Um, got to meet some of his friends. I, I, I love them because uh, they uh, assumed that I was in their age group. Fools. <laughs> <laughs> Were you like, hey, cool kids? Basically, Psych. Basically, basically. <laughs> yeah. I know what's jiggy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I will say, so we, I did a little Q&A with him at the Union Square, uh, a real U- Union Square, uh, Saturday night. And I've seen this once or twice before where you feel the palpable star-making happening for somebody. And that audience there was primed and excited to see Timmy oh, Chalamet. They were worked up. They were worked up, and they were waiting downstairs. They were waiting outside. They were waiting outside the theater. It was like, for a guy that six months ago... No one knew who he no was. No one knew who he was. I've seen this with the, the Pattinsons and the Ansel uh, Elgorts, yeah. and uh, I've been through this. Do you um, think it's Ladybird fans or Call Me By Your Name fans? I think or just it's all I think all it's all of it, but I think Call Me By Your Name is definitely the thing that people are latching on to. I know even from that conversation we had, people in that audience were talking about having seen the film like not once, but like twice, five times. Like it's not been out that long, guys. No. So there's a uh, I predict I predict great things for this kid. <laughs> Yay, mark your words. <laughs> um so ends the Timothy Chalmay tangent. Um but anyway. To, to Christian Bale, because this was uh, something... I've been trying to get Christian on the podcast for a you while. Mean, I saw, it's amazing. I'm such a fan of his work. Um, I mean, the guy is a chameleon. We know this. machine from Down to God knows how many pounds for The Machinist. Make back up hustle. to play Batman. Yeah, the David Russell movies. The Fighter he won the Oscar oh for. Oh, my God. Yes. So... He's so good in that. He's not, good. He's gonna. He's another one who's gonna make it. I think. So not to mention the fact that he's a great interview. He's a great interview because he, um, you know, he. And I say this in the conversation. He just doesn't seem to like. He's not into the BS of the business. Um, you know, so oftentimes people are surrounded by their publicists and handlers. It was just me and him in a room. I felt like I could ask him anything. And certainly I went to places that I was like, oh, should I go there? So, yes, like, for instance, we talk about um, that infamous incident on the set of Terminator Salvation um, where, you know, he went off and that, that, that audio leaked out. We talk about that. We talk about Batman at length. And, you know, you never know how much people want to rehash that kind of stuff. But he was more than game to go there um, and talk about... Uh, uh, any anywhere I want to go, so I, I appreciate his candor um, and his honesty, and uh, and not to mention, I, I discovered that uh, 
I think I think Christian Bale wants to be in a Star Wars movies Wars movie guys. Maybe maybe you don't want to see him in one Sammy because you hate Star Wars. That you're really getting out of control with this. No, but I I asked him about the rumors that he was apparently up for. uh, They wanted him for the Han Solo movie, and he uh, confirms those. So I'll let I'll let the conversation go from there. But we do talk about Star Wars in this. I'm intrigued. Then I've done my job. Um, so that is Happy, Sad, Confused for today. Uh, I do want to mention, as always, what do I want to mention, Sammy? Review, rate, and subscribe. I will say, by the way, what? I've been noticing we've been getting a lot of um, uh, ratings. People have been, uh, those Great. have been climbing. We love it. And um, I will uh, say that we got a, a lovely review. From uh, none other than Kendall six two four. Yes, we we love Kendall six two four who who rated this five stars Thank and you, says says I was heavily influenced by the beginning of this podcast to leave a review. Mission accomplished. Yes. But honestly, the show is incredible. My favorite podcast by far. Kendall, Kendall. we love you. We love you so much. <laughs> You'd have an extra special 2018. That's right. That's right. Um, and to all of you happy, sad, confused out there, uh, fans out there, um, I hope you had a lovely Christmas and hope you enjoyed this wonderful conversation with uh, one of the best out there, Christian Bale. Was that your Batman voice? We talk about the Batman voice, too. He doesn't do it for me, though. Thank God. He was, standing, he was sitting a little bit away from the mic, though, so hopefully you can hear you him. You didn't tell him to speak up. <laughs> I was, I'm a little intimidated. He's intimidating. Yeah. Oh, wait, one more thing I have to say. What? We t- sorry. We, we talked about it a little bit in the course of this conversation. He's big now. He's gained all this. Do you know about this? Well, he's going to play Dick Cheney, yeah, right? Yeah, he, he just played Dick Cheney in a movie. Um, and so he's gained, like, at least 40 pounds, and he's not the Christian Bale. You'll see in the photos I post. I he's not the Christian Bale you're used to seeing. I can't wait. It's fascinating. Okay. So keep that in mind. Me sitting with Christian Bale plus 40 extra pounds of Christian Bale. A little extra Christian Bale. A little Bale. extra Christian <laughs> uh, Enjoy this chat. The reason it's happy, sad, confused, Christian, mm-hmm. is because you were an early victim of the photo series because I was just tired of seeing like people take the boring photo with a celebrity to memorialize a conversation. Right. I thought, let's do something postmodern. Let's do something absurd. Happy Second Fuse was the photo series. When I started a podcast, eh, let's call it the same thing. Okay. So here we are. Happy, sad, and confused. But you can just be happy for this conversation if you want. Don't tell me what I can be. That's fair. That's fair. Um, it's good to see you. I always enjoy talking to you because you... Um, you satisfy two uh, prerequisites for me in a, in a great interview, which is you're an actor that I truly respect. and that, Thank you. And you're also somebody that I feel doesn't put up or enjoy BS. <laughs> you're somebody that I feel like just will, you know, tell the truth for good or for bad. That should be the prerequisite for every conversation. But for you, I feel like I always get that. So It should be, but you have to tolerate it to a certain degree for life, don't you? Yes. We've, yes. we've all learned to kind learn of... how to do that. Yeah. Um... This, by the way, I I, uh, I, I caught up. Uh, I always like to watch one of the films of the person I'm talking to, the morning or like the, immediately before talking to them. I've obviously seen Hostiles, which I want to talk to you about extensively because it's a great piece of work. But uh, I watched American Psycho this morning. Just oh, you did? Just, just why not? How's that? How's that for morning viewing? Well, I don't know if there's an appropriate time to watch American Psycho, but late at night. Yeah, I suppose it's a midnight movie. It could yeah. be that kind of thing. But I would say, I don't know I if you... I don't picture it like with the birds chirping and having a nice cup of coffee. And no. There were no birds chirping when I watched it. But I do... Have you seen it recently? Have you... No. It's an interesting... I haven't seen it in a while. And, like, you know, our world has obviously 
in a weird place lately. It, it did, did feel like an interesting commentary on, you know, it's a movie, I mean, it's about a lot of things, but I feel like it's about, like, masculinity and vanity run wild. Right. And I think there's a bit of that in the world today. And it, 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 it kind of took on a different um, surprising context for me this morning. So the, what, there was a relevance to it that yeah. you enjoyed? I did. Yeah? I did. Do you, um, do you find... Yeah. A relevance in terms also of, um, well, Trump. That's yeah. kind of what I'm getting at. Well, bit. Trump's his hero. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, he would be. Yeah. Is that in the book? You know what? I don't know if I made that up or if it's in the book. I think it probably is in the book. Yeah. Uh, I could, but I could very much see him reading Art of the Deal. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, he's cut from that cloth. It's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, Donald Trump would probably watch American Psycho as... As a as a tragedy rather than a, <laughs> he would sympathize with poor Bateman, perhaps then see it as a black comedy or whatever else we'd see. It There's as. quite a funny photograph that's online, and it was whilst we were filming, uh, I believe it was The Dark Knight Rises. Mm. We used Trump Tower, and we changed the lettering on the outside. It said Wayne Tower, and. Um, uh, Mr. Trump arrived, and uh, and he. Uh, I'll never forget the way he said it. He said to me, "You probably want a photograph with me, so let's get that done." <laughs> and I turned, and there was a photographer ready, and I was decked out in full Bruce Wayne, you know, slick back hair, red tie little bit Don Jr. look <laughs> and uh, we took a picture and then somebody showed me it recently and it said um, had the picture and it said American Psycho with Christian Bale um, <laughs> which I thought was that works well put. that works you, you became an American citizen when uh... it was a wonderful moment I, I chose to do it now can I what year was it hmm before my daughter was born, so it's been a good. Uh, uh, it's been a good uh, probably 13, 14 years. Um, I wanted to be able to vote. Um, I you can go along to the Staples Center in Los Angeles, and you can do it with thousands of other people. Oh, nice! But I chose, and I went along to. It was a courtroom. It was a small courtroom. I sat in the jury box, and I was very fortunate to be sworn in with men who had served in the military as their course for becoming uh, American citizens. Wow. And uh, it, became, it was a very poignant uh, morning. I'm sure. Know. Does that, I mean, I know you've been talking a lot about, and justifiably so, some of the parallels that, that have propped up for hostiles um, with the times we're living in today. And you've obviously just shot this film playing... You know, no less than Dick Cheney. There's a, there's a lot, I'm sure, that's running through your head recently. Um, you know, there's a lot that we're all digesting as Americans in this new world. Um, but you can, you're seeing it now through the prism of these two interesting works of art. Um, I'm just curious, like your perspective as someone that chose to make this country their home. Yeah. Um, on the world we're living in now as you try to raise two children. Well, as, as someone who, as you say, chose to make this country my home for the reasons of 
I believed I could achieve my dreams in this country. Yeah. And I would sit on my ass in London and no one would give me a gig at all. And I would come to America and I would get work. Um, it does make me scratch my head about why people who have in the last year become very comfortable with expressing hatred towards people who are different from them aren't recognizing what makes this country so special. And as somebody who has grown up in a different country, globally, right. people look at America as so unique and so special. Um, and like so many like to say, exceptional because of its inclusiveness. Yeah. Um, that it is dumbfounding why some people are trying to say, no, that's not our ideology and change that. And I do think we didn't, Scott and I didn't look at hostiles and predict what we're going through now. Right. It was just, a, it was a great story. It's a very raw, visceral, violent story. America's story is very raw, visceral and violent as well. Um, you know, America's history is not for the faint of heart yeah. and neither is this film. Um, and what time of day is this film a good time to watch? <laughs> I'm not sure either. Probably also not a necessarily morning cheerio. I don't one, think but... it has to be as late as American Psycho, <laughs> but I don't imagine it's a first in the morning. No, that first scene alone, you don't want to just wake up to that. No. Um, but it, 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 it was a gripping story. It was something I could see I could get obsessed with. You need to become obsessed with these things because you're going to be working on them for months. You don't want to get bored with them. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lucky bugger to get to do what I do. I better be obsessed with what I'm doing. Um, but it wasn't until afterwards that we started recognizing, oh, this film's become actually very relevant yeah. to what's happening in America today. Yeah. It's interesting because, I mean, you allude to the fact that, you know, America has a very checkered past, to say the least. There's some, there's some ugly parts of our history and, you know, a lot of the narrative, you know, and I don't want to make it all about the current environment at all. I want to move into to talk about movies, but um, was so much about, like, making America great again as if, like, the good old days were, were perfect. And certainly some Westerns are, are less brutal than this one. Most Westerns are, in fact, I would say, less harsh than this one. This is much more realistic. About well, I would say most Westerns um, are... Um, well, not, not, not most. There's, there's been many who were, who were, that were very bold. And, um, you know, this is not the first Western that's been made and represents a uh, relationship uh, 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 between Native Americans and um, cavalry, cowboys, you want to call it. Um, in this way, but majority of westerns were white hat, black hat, right. uh, good cowboy, bad Indian. Um, you know, was his name Andrew Jackson's? You know, uh, 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 kill the Indian, save the man. Right. Um, they're propaganda. They were propaganda. Right. They weren't the truth. You know. Whereas my character Blocker, yes, he's a bigot. Yes, he's filled with hatred. He's seen his very close friends killed. He has reason to have hatred. But he also recognizes that the bigger picture is that manifest destiny, in quotes, practically for him mm. means 
protecting business interests, land grabbing, and genocide. And so he has absolute hatred for his nemesis, played by Wes Studi, Yellowhawk, the Cheyenne warrior chief. But he also does have respect because he knows that were he in Yellowhawk's shoes, he would behave exactly the same way. Yeah. This, this was a film, this is your second collaboration with Scott, um, Scott Cooper, who... Um, this, I mean, this guy knows what he's doing, and, it, and, it, and it's a testament to the, the cast that he always assembles. Like, I mean, I mean, you know, you have Stephen Lang and Bill Camp like in one scene, and I'm like, okay, I'm in safe hands. <laughs> like, he's, you know, every person is is cast with a good reason, and they're all the best of the best. Um, he wrote this with you in mind, I believe, or came to you with this in mind. I'm curious, what percentage of the time does that happen where it's actually a good project, and what percent of the time is it? Oh. Shit, I have to tell this guy it's crap, or I have to. <laughs> you, mean, you mean, hey, I wrote this for you, and I'm reading it going, it's bloody awful. Exactly. How do you get out? Like, does that, that must happen. You, yeah, you fake bad connections and things like that. <laughs> no, yeah. So, no way your agents get involved. Oh, I, I, let me see my schedule, I'm not sure. <laughs> right. Um, no, I do always try to be very honest and straightforward. Um, I figure that, uh, you know, it's, it's cruel to be kind if something isn't working or there may be times when you go hey I appreciate it you wrote it for me yeah but I actually think it's better for somebody else right. I do that a lot I do that a lot saying I think someone else would be better doing something yeah. but also remember hey look I'm a lucky bugger at this point that anybody writes anything for me I'm stunned that I get any jobs uh, you know um, somebody asked me the other day they said what do you look for in a director and I started answering the question of what do, what do I look for in a director <laughs> And I suddenly went, man, it's only been a very short amount of time that I get to kind of go, yeah, do I want to want to work with that director? Yeah. You know, before that, you, you take whatever bloody work you can get. Yeah. And also this period in my career might be very short-lived. And, um, you know, I could be uh, doing dinner theatre in the Philippines very quickly. That would be a shocking um, turn of events, uh, but again. I'll, I'll come but, out and know, see hey, look, yeah. There's been more shocking things happening in the world. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, uh, can we go back to some... But my, yeah, yeah, just just to answer yeah, my yeah, question, yeah. My, I pose myself. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Just it's to, talk, just, just it's to talk to myself yeah, for a minute. Yeah. I'm good, I'm good. Um, the, the obsession. <laughs> obsession is what you got to look for right. in every director. And they don't all have it. They don't all have it. Um, and, uh, uh, but, and, and it comes in all shapes and sizes and, and, all, and all sorts of personalities. But you want to know that it's somebody who is is uh, obsessed with with a project, um, and then you can uh, get carried along with has, their obsession. Has a filmmaker ever sold you a bill of goods where they seem obsessed, and then you get on set and you're like, "My heart's in this. I don't think their heart is in this." Ding 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 ding. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's been. I, I mean, I immediately. Three of them instantly, oh, no. uh, and probably a few more. Oh no, we won't name names, but that's an, that's, no. that's, that's an unfortunate place to be. Uh, yeah. I, I, it must be soul crushing as an actor. Like. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you'll indulge me, I, I'd love to go back uh, through your career a little bit. I mean, I, I you know I saw you like many in Empire of the Sun, and we're, we're, you're, you're a couple years older than me, so it hit me as a as a teenager myself seeing that film and that performance. Um, and I know it was obviously such an amazing opportunity, but you've been pretty forthright in sort of what came with it was not necessarily what you wanted. I mean, it's it's tough to be a 13-year-old anyway, let alone getting that right. kind of fame or whatever foisted on you. Yeah. Um, 
did did that did did that experience color how you enjoyed the movies? Like, were you less able to enjoy watching movies because having gone through an experience that wasn't altogether satisfying and happy? No, that that experience didn't didn't affect it. Um, you know, uh, becoming the, the breadwinner early on that's not that's not a healthy thing. I don't think. Uh, but but you're going to do it, right? Yeah, you must do it. You know, I, I don't think I don't think you should ever say no to that. Um, but it, that's not what coloured it. And I don't find myself any longer not being able to completely immerse myself in films and enjoy them. I did go through a, a brief period when I was learning really how films get made. Right when I didn't watch a film without thinking about how did they do that, how did they do that. Right. And you can't really enjoy a film at that point. Now I don't ask myself those questions and I can enjoy it again. Yeah. Although I see not that many films recently and I tend to see films that my kids want to see right. and will watch, you know, 20 minutes of it. Right. Yeah. You're not watching Inside Out thinking how they did that. How did they do that? No, but I do want to see that. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. It's a classic. Um, you know, in, in the period of time, you know, between Empire of the Sun and, I mean, you know, looking at your career, it would seem like the, the huge shift was American Psycho, the film that I... That I right. Is that, is that, I mean, would you say that's fair to say? I would say so, because the thing that I... I you know, look, first off, just... I was sent it. There was no letter that explained how I should feel about the script, the book, yeah. but I found myself laughing very hard. Right. I found when I met with Mary Harron that we actually couldn't finish reading through the scenes that other people found repulsive, but that we, <laughs> were, but, but that we were crying with laughter <laughs> and she would have to stop the camera and go, okay, we'll just wait a second, let's, let's, let's try this again. <laughs> so we instantly, somebody asked me the question the other day, they said, isn't it interesting how American Psycho has gone from, you know, an analysis of a serial killer to a satire? And I said, mm, I don't think it was ever an analysis of a serial killer. It was, it was, satire, it was right? always a satire. <laughs> like, it's never been otherwise. In fact, the only people who have ever said to me, uh, it's an analysis of a serial killer, or who have very, very loudly um, protested the book... Uh, uh, people who've never read the book, right? Because it's clearly satirical yeah. you know, when you read it. But yes, I would say that was a big changing moment because I think I was destined to play lots of, um, you know, billowing shirt, um, period, um, floppy haired uh, Englishmen. Do you have any fondness? Because I, I remember, I mean, still to this day, there's a sizable portion of the public that appreciates your work has a great fondness for films like Newsies and Swing Kids. Do you have any yeah. fondness for Do you understand the love for those movies, or is it just sort of like... With all due respect to the people involved, not so much Swing, swing Kids. Newsies, yes. Time heals all wounds, and I can <laughs> enjoy that film now. Yeah, It just wasn't what it was meant to be. That was my problem with oh, it. Oh, really? It started off as a drama. Oh, okay. And I would go into work each day knowing full well that Disney had decided that they wanted to make it a musical. Mm -hmm. But I genuinely believed I could be the lead in a musical without ever singing or dancing. And I stuck to that for quite some time. And they would start their rehearsals and I'd say, all right, so at that point I'll just walk off. <laughs> and then when you guys are finished with your dancing and singing, I'll walk back in right. and keep on talking. And eventually I just said, I'm in a musical, just embrace it or don't do it. Right. Have you considered doing a musical since? 
I haven't considered it, but I wouldn't be against it. Yeah. I don't like them much, but I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be against it if there was something special. Is it true in those interim years, like I'm sure you were up for a thousand different roles, one of those that pops up some here and there is that you were up for Titanic? Is that something that you recall auditioning for? Well, I don't think I was ever really up for Titanic. I think I did just an abysmal audition and they <laughs> never even considered me seriously for it. So that's not really I'm up for Titanic, you know? <laughs> Do you miss auditioning? You probably haven't auditioned for a while. No, I've always been one of the worst auditioners ever. I don't know how to audition. Um, directors tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> did, did it cause you a lot of anxiety? Did you did you did you feel like you were bad at auditioning at the time? Like, I didn't know how in a room, hotel room, office, um, sitting on a couch. It's a big leap to get with. I think the yeah. most important thing is with people who don't take the time to talk with you about a character. They expect you to guess what they are thinking. Right. And I would say in auditions, this isn't how it works when we work, so why don't we actually make it how it is on a film set? Yeah. How about we talk beforehand? But they, you know, either didn't want to, thought I was a pain in the ass, or had, a, you know, not enough time, just a ton of people waiting in the hallway right. to do it. But there's also that thing of when you're sitting in a hallway with a bunch of other people and you're all not, it's competition. And I don't think competition is healthy in yeah. acting. You know, it, it, there should be zero thought of well, competition. It's all about relaxation. You do your own way. Isn't it supposed to be yeah. like, like not so I, testing I, up? I, I would give these abysmal readings. And I remember Jane Campion telling me that. She said, you were one of the worst actors I've ever seen in an audition. And that's when you got. But <laughs> she took the time to talk with me. And she said, but we had that conversation. And your insight into the character is what made me say... He can do this, just not in this office right. environment. You know, is there one that? So wants thank God, I haven't had to audition since Batman. Right. Is there one that still haunts you to this day? An audition and you're a nightmare that that pops up. Um, there's multiple that are absolutely abysmal. There are some where they would set up cameras and I would just get hypnotized by the camera and stand there silently staring at the camera. There was one where I had a really bad cold and I'd taken some medication beforehand and I thought I nailed it. I thought I'd done the most brilliant job and the casting director put the camera down and said, Christian, that usually takes most people two minutes. That took 12 minutes for you to get through that. I'm going to erase that or else some very nasty rumours will start coming out about you um, with that. And there have also been others where I've been putting on the indicator to turn into a studio lot to go do an audition. And then I go, I can't. And I just slam the steering wheel the other way. Yeah, go off. And at that time, it was before cell phones. Go find a payphone. Right. So what the hell call my the agent yeah. and try to give some reason why I couldn't turn up oh, for no. it anymore. I'm glad these days are behind you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, it's, tell me, like, you know, I, I alluded to this at the outset. Like, you know, as somebody that... And you kind of even got in, into it in talking about auditions. Like, it seems like you needed to feel authentic and real and natural and, and, and organic and if it feels fake or false like you don't really you can't tolerate that and, and I'm, I'm curious like when you get something involved in something like Batman you have to get in a bat suit you have to like right. sell that but that was a big moment and that was actually the first time I worked with Amy Adams she was there that day she was working with all the different actors who were auditioning 
And not only was I having to get into a bat suit, I was getting into a bat suit that didn't fit me. It was Val Kilmer's bat suit. Right. And I put it on, and I thought, I feel like a real prat. Why would any man think it was a good idea to run around dressed as a bat? He must be crazy. And I, and that was when I said, you know what? I'm just going to go for it with that way. Yeah. I'm going to say, you know, he has this performance of Bruce Wayne, but he has this monster of of Batman. And I tried talking normally in the bat suit. Yeah. Some people can do it. I couldn't. I felt like such an idiot. <laughs> and so it was at that moment that I went, you know what? He's a monster. Become the monster. Yeah. You know, there's a Jekyll and Hyde element here. Just embrace it. Hey, you know what? They don't like it. Screw it. It's fine. You know. Um, and so I did it. And um, and then uh, I remember going home to my wife and she said, how'd it go? And I went, well, I kind of did this. And I sort of hunched over and, you know, growled. And I know a lot of people dislike what I did. But um, uh, and she went, well, you fucked that up, didn't you? You know, <laughs> and then uh, and then uh, but then they gave the call and they said, oh, bold choice. We like it. We want to do it. For the record, I like, Chris, I like Chris actually had me enhance it. He wanted more. He 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 he, he egged me on. Yeah, uh, with that. Yeah. Do you do you think your lack of obsessiveness or, or or reverence for the comics maybe helped you like kind of let go of of preconceived notions and, and make it your own in the end? Um, I, I I I didn't have knowledge of the graphic novels or the comics. Um, I had really enjoyed, uh, I wasn't an avid fan watcher, but when I had seen the Adam West series, I really enjoyed it. Um, I had seen some of the other films. I was ambivalent about them. Um, it was uh, Frank Miller's Batman Year One. Yeah. That was such a surprise to me. And when I read that... And I wasn't somebody who was going and reading graphic novels. This literally was the first graphic novel that I'd, that I'd ever read. Yeah. I read that, and I said, why doesn't anybody make a film like that? That's interesting. Yeah. I'd never found uh, Batman that interesting prior to that. And also at that time, interestingly, Darren Aronofsky was going to be making the film at a lower budget. Right. And then uh, he dropped out, and they decided they wanted to make a bigger budget. But Chris still wanted to maintain that feel, right? But you know, with, with the larger budget. Was the first time you met with Chris? Like you didn't talk to Darren about his. Project. I didn't talk with Darren about it. Darren, I met about the fighter. Oh, that's he was right. going to direct attached. the fighter, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, it was quite interesting. We sat down, and the first thing he said to me is, "Christian, I'm going to quit this film." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> so he quit, and I came on board. Um, and uh, uh, no, with Chris, uh, the first time I met, I was about to go make a film called The Machinist. I was not exactly in fighting shape. Right. This is you at but 140 pounds or something. Yeah. What Chris said was, "Well, look, if he's if he." will get that obsessed and committed to a film um, uh, like The Machinist, then he will do so for Batman 2. Yeah. And so I think that that's why he had me come audition for it. Um, I love the trilogy. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's an amazing, and as you, you and Christopher have talked about, a complete story that just works like unparalleled as a trilogy, I feel like, in filmmaking. Um, and we were very lucky to get to make a whole trilogy. You know? Amazing. Chris's, Chris's attitude, um, 
you know, he's a, he's a very humble man, and he yeah. he said, look, I mean, first off, any film is better when you make it as an as an independent film, isolated, sorry, independent people will get confused, um, as as as, a, as a, a an, an entity a, yeah, of yeah. its uh, in and of itself, um, without assuming. So he always said, let's never make any assumptions that there will be a sequel, but if we do get to make sequels, let's call it a day after a trilogy. I know we could spend an hour on just Heath Ledger, but I do want, I want to mention something else, just because I I'm, uh, remain obsessed with Tom Hardy's Bane <laughs> and what he did and the risks he took for that character, too, yeah. frankly. Just going out on a limb, that voice will be in my head for the rest of time, and not right. in like a like a, a mocking way. I think it's just, I think it's fantastic yeah. what he did. What was your, Do you remember your reaction when you saw what he was doing or what he was going for in that? I felt, join the club, mate. That's like right on. Got someone else who's now going to take some heat as well for the voice they chose. I loved it. Tom's an excellent actor. Amazing. Yeah. He's um, now we would have some funny times because uh, there'd be you know waterfalls and loud noises and we'd be at quite a distance from each other and he'd talk and I couldn't hear what he was saying and I'd speak and he couldn't hear what I was saying and so we'd get a little sign language going where when I was finished with my line I'd go just move your finger yeah <laughs> I'd move my finger and then he would he would do something move his finger or whatever it was that we decided on and we'd both be looking for that to know right must be my line <laughs> I'm to watch the movie again and see if I can find a finger wag I've actually said that too I, it, very sadly I've not been able to watch that film since because of the whole tragedy of Aurora oh, sure, yeah. and I have not been able to sit down and see it without thinking of that um, and I'd love to be able to one day um, but yes I would like to see do you actually catch those signs <laughs> that we're to sending you. to one another um, I'm going to look into it do you, do you have any curiosity as someone you know the, the rare opportunity when another actor plays a different incarnation of a character you've played is there any curiosity when someone like Ben Affleck Don's the cowl. Like, have you seen his interpretation? Is that interesting? I have not. Um, uh, yes, I'm interested. Um, my son seemed like he was really interested, but then I realized he just wanted to see the trailer, and that was it. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I tend to go see films that they want to see. Right. Um, I have to confess, I'm not a huge uh, superhero film fan. Right. Um, you know, people seem surprised at that I don't know why but uh, you know I've not seen any of the Avengers films or any of those films right. at all um, I hear they're very good right. but uh, I'm quite happy just hearing they're very good do uh, as we talk today Star Wars just opened to Star Wars interest Star you Wars I'm a huge fan yeah yeah. Star Wars really interests me I've still got the Millennium Falcon I've got the Atat um, uh, my daughter, her first love was Darth Vader. <laughs> um, she absolutely adored Darth Maul. Um, stood near him at Disneyland. Oh, that's a moment. And he growled and he's got those teeth <laughs> and he stayed in character. Really wonderful performance. And she was teeny and I thought, this is going to scare the crap out of her. This is such a bad idea. Yeah. And then she said, she stopped and she said, Daddy, I'm in love. <laughs> That's my child. Yeah. That's my. <laughs> there was talk that you might have uh, been involved in the Han Solo project. Was that something that was tempting? Um, yes, very tempting. Um, 
I not only love the films going back to my childhood, but also have a very uh, long relationship with uh, Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall because oh, sure. they did Empire of the Sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From many years back. Yeah. Um, it uh, there, there, there was discussion. I hope there'll be um, future discussions. Yeah, I'd love to see you in that universe. Mm. That'd be amazing. Um, you were alluding to this before, like since you know in the. I don't even know how many years it's been since Batman. You've uh, you've lived a charmed life and kind of the opportunities that you've had, and I feel like you've made the most of them. You've worked with some of the best filmmakers on the planet, whether it's Terrence Malick or, or David o. Russell. You know, Scott is in that group. Um, I, I, I want to say this without trying to be mean on my end, but I will say the one outlier to me is what made you do Terminator Salvation? What, I mean, right. I said no three times. Yeah. I thought that the franchise. I went, nah. There's there's no story there. I, I'd been and enjoyed the. Um, I'd, I'd seen the first one and enjoyed that back in England. I've been to the movies and seen the second one. Um, it was an unfortunate series of events um, involving the writer strike, involving uh, Jonah Nolan, who um, was able to come on and really start to write a wonderful script, but then got called away um, for a prior commitment that he had. Um, and it's a great thorn in my side because uh, I, I, I wish we could have reinvigorated that. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, during production, you could tell that wasn't happening. Uh, but it's a great shame. Do you feel? And I, the last thing I want to do is, is rehash. Uh, I also, I also enjoyed. There's a perverse side to me where people were telling me there's no way on God's earth that I should take that role, <laughs> and I was thinking the same thing. Right. But when people started verbalizing that to me, I started to go, "Oh, really? All right. Oh well, we'll watch this then." <laughs> so there was a little bit of that involved in the choice too. Do you, do you find that post that, that experience of that film, which obviously had an unfortunate day that there was a violation of trust on that set that, that you know, was not good on, on any respect, did you find that you had to walk on eggshells on sets after that, knowing that people were watching and sort of looking No, at- because that was a very unusual occasion, yeah. you know? Um, great learning lesson for me. Um, uh, doesn't matter that you're doing a, you remember that scene Linda Hamilton where she's really going nuts in Terminator 2 sure. and we said we've got, we've got to channel that at some point in the film and that was the scene in which we were channeling it great lesson for me of no matter how you know um, how much you lose yourself in a scene that uh, you do not allow yourself to behave that way right um, and um yeah, of course, I've got enormous regrets, you know, about it. Um, uh, but, and actually, I've forgotten what your question was. Well, I guess just, like, going for, after that experience, knowing there was, like, a target on you, probably, on the next few sets, where people were like, oh, there's that guy that went off on that set. Like, did you feel like you had to alter your behavior? No, in honesty, it was more um, humor. Yeah. Deflected with humor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was more humor. Uh, crew you know, uh, laughed about it. But they could also see that that isn't me because the next film I did was The Fighter. Right. And so, yeah, of course. I mean, people still make fun of me to that day and I deserve it and I like it and it's funny, you know. It's, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 about it. But, um, no, people quickly saw 
Um, I'm actually generally the complete opposite of that because there was something that I really learned when I made The Machinist. And unfortunately, you know, I didn't, I didn't maintain that lesson for that moment. Um, but when I made The Machinist, I was so hungry and exhausted and had so little energy that I literally didn't talk to anybody whilst I was making the film. And, and there was something incredibly satisfying about just communicating with people in the scenes. Mm. And, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it taught me that actually, you know, quietness um, is, is the way to go. And, uh, you know, the old cliche, you know, anger uh, only um, causes you to lose power. Right. Uh, which you did exactly in that, in that situation. Do you, um, we, we're, we're, on, we're 35 minutes into a conversation, we haven't even mentioned the physical transformation that sits before me today, which is probably a record for your press tour. I know this comes up a lot. Um, you, do you take pride in the fact that, I mean, since Machinist, which we've talked about a couple times, like, your name is almost like a verb. It's like pulling a Christian bale when you right. transform for a role. Right. Is that a source of pride? Like, you know, De Niro had that mantle for a while. It's now yours, buddy. Like, you, <laughs> you have that. Well, um, I, I, I did go to a nutritionist right. when I filmed Cheney because I had started to gain weight for a film and, you know, I wasn't doing it as a gimmick. Believe you me, I would rather just stay normal. But, you know, you, I, re I read a script and I don't think, is he skinny, is he, you know, rotund, is he a large man or not? I just go, do I love the script? Okay, then I think about what do I have to do for it. Um, I did decide for the first time to go to a nutritionist on this one because my heart, my ticker, was just not responding well to a previous film where I'd started to put on weight for it, and this I realised. Like yes, one. Yeah. yes, yes, and um, and I I, I was um, very saddened by that, but it was clearly the right choice because yeah. it was not things were not looking good. Um, so I went to a nutritionist. Finally got smart about it because prior to that, you know, machinist had just been like, you know, roll my own ciggies, drink a bit of whiskey, have an apple. Right. Um, not the way to go. Not really, in the 40s, um, with it at all. <laughs> um, no, very happy for, for, for that to be something that's associated, but not necessary for everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, just cautious about that becoming a gimmick. Of course. Um, however, you know, there are just some parts which it's undeniable. Unless you're going to approach it like performance art... Like I said that to Adam McKay at one point with, with Cheney. I said, look, we can either do this, and I don't want to give away too much about the film, but he, he, we do go through an, a, a, quite a, a long a, a number of different ages. So I said, well, I can't, I can't get my body set in one stage because then we can't achieve the other. So I have to find a kind of a pivot point yeah. where we go from. Or we choose to do it like performance art where we just ignore right. the looks completely. And obviously, you can never achieve the look entirely. You just cannot. But the hope is that you create the um, the vibe um, and the personality um, for it. This is your second collaboration with Adam McKay. Yeah. Um, and I'm so curious about this on many levels. I mean, your performance, I mean, the fact that Sam Rockwell was playing W. Right. Oh, my God. I, yeah. uh, uh, what, what, Carell doing Rumsfeld. Like, it, there's right. just so much there that I'm, I'm going to enjoy. I know it. Right. Um, I know you don't want to probably say too much yet. There's time for that. But, like, tonally... And you, you mentioned Bill Camp. He's in... Uh, he's in oh, um, nice. That as well. He's, he's in uh, Gerald Ford. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, is, is it... 
share a tonality with Big Short, and more in the, I assume it's more in that camp than Anchorman, for instance, on the on the Adam McKay scale. I will let you decide okay, that okay, next year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, do you? I mean, you alluded to this before. You know, you're joking about doing dinner theater in the Philippines. Uh, do you feel like a um, a need to kind of like make yourself commercially viable every few years now? Do you feel like you know when a Han Solo comes up, when a something comes up, like I need to consider that because this gravy train might run out. I might not get a chance to work with Terrence Malick for free or whatever you got paid if I don't make a studio $100 million. Right. This is something you think about or is it just sort of like, no. I got to follow my gut? I follow my gut. Yeah. Yeah, I do. But I also grew up in a family where my dad was incredibly resilient. We were kicked out of so many different houses. It, uh, I've got kids. It scares me for that right. because I want permanence for them. For me myself, though, I feel like, hey, I learned how to survive because I saw how he did it. Right. I've had an incredible run. Don't get greedy. Keep doing what you feel is right. Don't start playing it safe. Right. Audiences deserve better than that. I deserve better than that. It, bloody everybody deserves better than that, you know? Yeah. There, there's nothing exciting comes from playing it safe in case something fails. Sure. In fact, I tend to love thinking of it the opposite way. I tend to love looking at things and go, you know what? This just might be the one that ends everything. <laughs> Let's do it, all right? Well, Let's go for it because I want to see what the fuck can I do other than this? <laughs> I want to try and figure that one out. Well, I'm guessing by... The body that's sitting in front of me, the fact you just did this film, and the fact that you've just made this challenging but but awesome western with Scott, um, you're not going to stop that um, approach to to the work, and I appreciate no. that. Um, it's always good to catch up with you, man, especially a, a, a longer conversation like this. Because you need to make sorry I can't jump like I did last time. Don't worry, we're going to still uh, make you make uh, silly faces uh, All right. by hell or high water. Okay. Uh, congratulations on the film, man. It's good All to right. see you. Thank you, man. Thanks. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) 